Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into husbands and wives and how the thing works out when you're driving. (laughs) Isn't that a good thing, Mary Mary? That's a good thing. But God has given us these beautiful directions. We call it God's positioning sensor. He knows how, he knows where we need to go and he knows how to tell us to get where we need to go. He has made a way for us to get where we need to go. He didn't complicate it. And that's why after what he's been telling the disciples about what's going to happen, he's been telling them, I'm going to be crucified. All these things are going to be happening in my life. I'm going to be going away. I'm going to be coming back. And man, they were just like, what is going on? And and then he tells Peter, he says, Peter, you're going to deny me. And then he says, Judas, you're going to betray me. And all of that, he said, he says to all of his disciples at the, at the last supper, he's washing their feet. He's doing, man, they're just blown away by all the things that are happening on this one night. And then he says, but let not your heart be troubled. Woo! Seriously? Let not your heart be troubled after everything you just told us. You believe in God, he says, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's making it pretty clear, right? Preparation. That Ron talked about. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know, it's like, honey, I know this is where we're supposed to go. And I know this is the way we're supposed to go to get where we need to be. But Thomas, (laughs) Thomas, just being honest, he said to him, Lord, I think he maybe it cleared his throat there. Um, We do not know. We do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? See, God's just setting them up, isn't he? He's just setting them up for the truth. He says, how can we know the way? I think if I would have been a disciple, I would have just been quiet. <laughs> all the time, I would have just been quiet because so many times they open mouth and insert foot. But it's all in there for a reason, for us. How, how, see, some people are going to ask you, how do you know the way? How do you know the way? And Jesus said to him, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man, no one, no person comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. I love this declaration that Jesus is making over the disciples. He said, you haven't known him, but you know him. And Thomas is probably really scratching his head about now. Uh, I don't know the way you say you're the way and your truth and life. I don't know him. And now you say, I do know him. Come on, let's be honest. We probably wouldn't have just jumped in and go, yeah, I got it. Got it all figured out now, Jesus. Number one, there is peace in knowing where we are going and how we get there. If you want to have peace in your life, you need to know your destination and you know, need to know exactly how to get there. And I'm going to tell you that this morning because maybe, just maybe you've come into this room, into this building, and you don't know how to get there. You don't even know where you're going. You know the old question, if you were to die today, do you know where you would spend eternity? You know what some people would say? No. No, I don't have a clue, Pastor. What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you. There is peace in knowing where you're going. I, I believe that, man. When I've got my Jeep... Let's just put a GPS aside. How about after you've learned where you're going and you don't have to use your GPS anymore? Isn't that cool? Well, honey, you want to turn that on? No, I got this one. 
And you just get in your car and you go and you travel and you make all the right turns and you get to where you're supposed to be going and you say, wow, this is cool. There's peace, isn't there? Where there might have been chaos before when you hadn't been there before and you're trying to figure out, especially if you, anybody like to drive with somebody trying to follow you and you don't have a CB radio. <laughs> it's not fun, is it? Because you're trying to hear, listen to GPS, listen to your wife and watch them in the rearview mirror. And if you make the wrong turn, you're trying to figure out if they're in the right lane to make the same wrong turn. <laughs> There's not any peace in that. But when you know where you're going and you know how to get there and it's already been preset in your heart, destination, you got it figured out. There's going to be peace in your life that you've never known before. Second Peter 3, 9. You know why Jesus laid out his directions for everyone so clearly? Look at what 2 Peter 3, 9 says. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. In other words, he has patience with us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all, say all, should come to repentance. Now, so many times we're always cued as pastors. We'll say, well, you know what the word in all means in the Greek? All. Well, you know what I did? I looked at the Greek word. <laughs> pas, P-A-S. Say pas. That's the word for all. Now, all does mean all, but let me tell you what else all means. It means each, every, any, all, the whole, everything, all things, everything. That's what all means. It means all. <laughs> Said all that to say it means all. Everyone. His desire is that everyone be saved. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. God's desire is whoo, right for you. He wants you to be saved. What does that mean to be saved? Well, saved means to be safe. It means to be Having a peace that passes understanding, knowing where you're going. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, guess what? You will be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, with the mouth confession is made into salvation. In other words, if you believe in your heart and you speak it from your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Now, this word believe is a different word than we use believe for, like, oh, I believe it's going to be a nice day. I believe this. We say believe like we say love, right? This believe means, man, I'm grabbing hold of it. I'm holding on to it. I'm trusting in that. I really believe. And see, because when they believed back then, if they were Jewish and they said, I believe in Jesus Christ, they were... They would be kicked out of the synagogue. They might have, uh, their family might just disown them, might bury them, say they're dead. Listen, believe back then meant so much more than it means today, but it should mean the same for us. I believe. I believe. Romans 6.10 says, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. He's died for all, and he said, I've made a way for you to come into the kingdom. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, you cannot earn your salvation. Listen, that ought to be a relief to you. Because here's what salvation before Christ meant. It meant perfection. And when Christ came, it still meant perfection. And we could not measure up to perfection. We could not keep all the laws. That Jesus had to come and become the perfect sacrifice and pay the price for you and for me and everybody else. He died once for all, for everybody. For pos, everything, everyone. Nobody left out. He died for us all. Therefore, having been justified by faith, Romans 5, 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace, 
supernatural peace comes when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The peace that passes understanding. The world cannot figure that one out, okay? So if you're here this morning, you don't have that peace. You don't know, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you today are not really sure of your eternal destiny, I want to, tell, I want to declare this because I've been praying over you. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Say today. Este dia. Say este dia. Isn't that Spanish for today? Si. Este dia is the day of salvation. Today is your day. Don't leave this place until you come to that place of knowing your eternal destiny. And leave from this place having the peace that passes understanding. Supernatural peace. John 14, 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Again, there's another guy opening his mouth. He's not really sure about it. They're just being honest, church. He who has seen me, Jesus said, has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Say works. The Father dwells in him, does the works. I believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Who does the miracles? God does. He uses us. He lets us participate and partner with him. But God does the miracles. God does the works. He did the work even through his son, Jesus Christ. I see Jesus as uh, when Philip asked this question. Lord, show us the Father and it's sufficient for us. I just see, because I, I just picture those settings and not something I've seen in a movie or anything. But I just picture those settings and that Jesus just went over and maybe put his arm around Philip and said, Hey, Philip. Man, Philip. You know, I've been, don't you remember? Haven't you seen? Remember the day you came to me and said, There's about 10,000, 15,000 people here, Jesus, and they're hungry. Should we just send them away? Jesus said, no, you feed them. And they found a little boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus blessed it. And Philip got to pass it out with the rest of the, the disciples. I think Jesus might say, hey, Philip, you remember that day? Oh, yeah, God, that was awesome. Father Jesus, that, wow, that was great. Remember, Philip, that day we were walking and that lady come and touched the hem of my garment? You remember when she said, I've been, I've been sick for 12 years and she said, I've been healed? Remember that day we walked into the room? And we, we and I told that little girl to get up and she got up. She had been declared dead and she was, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. See, if we can't believe, Jesus was saying, if you can't believe just because of what you've seen and heard me say and pray, believe for what you've seen. I believe the world wants to see. And, and if we're active at, active in that area, if we are praying for the sick and we're seeing people healed and we're seeing people restored, we're seeing marriages healed, we're seeing lives transformed, the world will take notice that the Father is in us and we are in the Father. John 14, 12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, say anything. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I want you to understand, number two, there's a peace in knowing where our authority comes from. There's such a peace when we understand our authority 
in who our authority is and the authority he has given us. There's a peace in that. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Mary Lou had just got it. She ordered a new book, and it's by Randy Clark and Craig Miller. It's titled, Finding Victory When Healing Doesn't Happen. Finding Victory When Healing Doesn't Happen. How many of you prayed for somebody that didn't get healed? Come on, raise your hands. You prayed for somebody that didn't get healed, at least you didn't know it. How many of you have been prayed for and you didn't get healed? Raise your hands. Right? And we go, well, God, what's up with that? You just said if we ask anything in your name, you will do it. How can we find victory in that? Because the victory comes in knowing that the bottom line is God is the authority and he is the answer to those prayers. He knows better than us. He knows exactly what's in our heart. He knows what's in the heart of the people that we're praying for. And when somebody isn't healed or you praying for somebody and they're not, they're not made whole, we don't go, oh, God, you failed us. Oh, God, I failed. Oh, God, they failed. You know what you say? God, I don't understand, but I trust you. You said that's a simple thing. I have victory because I stepped out in faith and I prayed for them. You know, the thing is, when you go, how many of you ever have, have ever witnessed to somebody about salvation? Come on, raise your hand. You've witnessed some. You've told them, man, this is how I got saved. This is Jesus. And you witnessed to them and they didn't respond by saying, I will trust Jesus. Raise your hand. You've prayed with people, you've, you've talked to them, and they rejected it. Were you successful or were you unsuccessful? You were successful. Say, I was successful. You know why? Because you did what God told you to do. We leave the response to the person. We leave the response to the healing to Jesus. And maybe he says you need to press in. Maybe there's some forgiveness issues. He begins to direct you. We've got to have our ears on. We've got to really be listening and be directed by the Holy Spirit in how we're supposed to pray for people and trust God in it. I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything. There's that word again about prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And then it doesn't say, and then he's going to do exactly what you ask. It says, and the peace of God. Say peace of God. There's that supernatural peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, we need the peace of God today. With the peace of God, you say, it is well with my soul. Amen? And then verse 15, he says, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's another scripture said, my commandments are not too hard. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. We make such a big deal out of it. Can't do that, it's impossible. Love him and love people. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. He's prophesying over them again. But you know him for he dwells with you. Okay, say with you. All right, he's saying he dwells with you. But guess what? What's the next part of that verse? But he will be in you. Hasn't happened yet. He said, but he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Number three, there is peace in knowing that Jesus will never leave you. I know people that struggle with salvation issues. Well, I think God just abandoned me. I don't know what I'm going to do. God's left. I said, well, no, then he would be a liar. God says in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Got you in my hand. I will, nobody can snatch you out of my hand. That's what his word says. We're sealed until the day of what? Redemption. 
There's peace to know that Jesus will never leave us. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, or Daddy, Father. Our Heavenly Father, listen, this morning, maybe you're one of those people that feels like, man, God has, I've done something and I think he's mad at me and he's left. (laughs) He hasn't. He will never abandon you. He will never reject you. Some of you deal with the rejection issues. That was one of my issues in my life was about being rejected. God will never reject you. You know why? Because he has this thing called grace, this marvelous grace. We never have to fear of going back into the bondage of sin. We never have to fear that because God has given us victory over it. And you may choose to go back to that, and God will correct you, and he will discipline you in love. That's not his plan and purpose for his plan and purpose for you is to walk in faith and in peace and in wholeness. John 14, 19, a little while longer, Jesus said, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. Woo! I will rise. There is peace. Number four, there's peace in knowing that because he lives, we will live. That we live. Because he lives, we live. Look what he says. Because I live. He's talking to his disciples. Because I live, you will live also. But Jesus, I thought you just said you were going to go away. (laughs) See, man, they were dealing with something. Man, he is is teaching them. He is causing them to ask some questions. I, I hope when you leave church, I hope you just don't go home and turn on the TV and click on the clicker. I wish you would go home. What did that mean? What did the pastor mean by that? Can we get in the Word? Let's see what he said in the Scripture. Let's go back to that because I didn't understand that. And families could get together and talk about the Word of God, talk about the sermon. Not just life groups, but everybody. Don't understand it? Get your Word out. There's so many Scriptures that I could choose from that verify our eternal destination and the fact that we can walk in peace because we know that we don't really die. Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. John 11, 25 through 26. This is actually my favorite. Jesus said to her, he was speaking to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. We never die. This goes away. This this, this, this mortal body is not made to last forever. That's why God called them a tent, a tent or tabernacle. But our spirit, man, man, it lives forever. We live forever. We never really die. That's when he told the little girl, he called the spirit back to the little girl and said, get up. That's why he said she's not dead. She's just sleeping. He wasn't lying. I used to, I used to struggle with that one. Well, why do you say she's just asleep when everybody else knows she's dead? <laughs> Because she was not dead. Her body had gone to sleep. The spirit had left. And he said, spirit. And Jesus just called the spirit. Come back. Come back. Come back into this girl. Restore her. John 14, 20. And that day you know that I. At that day you will know that I am in the father. And you in me. And I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, the other Judas, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So we've got Thomas, and we've got Philip, and now we've got Judas, not Iscariot, asking questions. 
You notice the person that is not asking any questions now? Peter. Hmm. Jesus just said, you're going to deny me. Okay? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. I want you to understand this. This is strong language that Jesus is using here. Don't be afraid of it. If you love him, if you really love him, if he's Lord of your life, you, you want to do what pleases him. And you know what pleases him? One of the things that really pleases God, knowing his word. You know why? Because when you know his word, you know his son. Because the Bible says that Jesus said, I am the word. Become flesh. So when you know the word, you know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you know the Father. And when you know the Father, you know the Spirit. Because they're all one. And he said, listen, if you really know me, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. If you find yourself always rebelling, always in rebellion, you never come out of that sin, that continual sin that you've been battling. Listen, you need to go back into the word and find where God says, just get in my word, love me. God does not want us to serve him out of fear. He wants us to serve him out of love. Remember last week I said I came up with that little catchy thing uh, that God's grace does not give us a license to sin. It gives us a license to love. If we live our life out of love, good things are going to happen for you. Amen? There's a real peace in knowing the word of God, getting the word of God in your heart, absorbing the word. In the next chapter, 15, it talks about abiding in the word. Let, the words of, let his word abide in you. John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you that while being present with you, but the helper, say the helper. It's another name for the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. There is peace. There is supernatural peace in knowing that we have the Spirit of God within us. Holy Spirit. You know why the Holy Spirit, he says, you need, he's going to help you remember my words. So many people, oh, I just don't understand the, I just don't understand the Bible, Pastor. I open it up and I start reading in, in, in uh, Habakkuk. <laughs> or I open up in Zechariah and I, I don't understand. And I start reading the word and it just doesn't make sense. Or maybe I just open it up in, in, in uh, Matthew and I don't get it. And I said, here's, let me give you a little key to how to understand the word of God. Ask before you begin to read, Holy Spirit, make this clear to me. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. Reveal the word to me, the truth of this word to me. How it would apply to me now, this day, this moment. Because the word, when you open the word, it is not dead words. It is life. It's not just words on a page. It is life. It is instruction. It is healing. It is health. It, it, It is purpose. It's destiny. All those things the word of God is and it's alive. And you may need just, you may just need, Holy Spirit, would you interpret this for me? I've talked to so many people that have gotten the word and don't understand it, and I tell them to do that, and they come back to me, Pastor, man, that makes all the difference in the world. Well, look what he says the Holy Spirit, the helper, does. He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. How many of you have ever been in a situation before, men, you're back against the wall? Men, you need a verse, and God says, here it is. Holy Spirit just, here's a verse for you. I didn't, well, God, I didn't know I had memorized that one. He said, well, you hadn't. <laughs> I just gave it to you. How many of you have ever experienced that? The word just came right out of your mouth, flowing out of your mouth. You said, I don't remember doing that one in Sunday school, learning that one. God said, my word's in you. He's written it on our hearts. 
Sometimes we just need to release it by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 20, 21 through 22 says this. Jesus said to them again, peace to you. There's that word peace again. As the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, he said, he's coming. I'm sending the helper. He's with you, but he's not in you. After Jesus was resurrected, he had his, he had his new body and he walked through the walls and he spoke to the disciples and said, listen, now's the time he breathed. <laughs> Receive the Holy Spirit. That's when, they, that's when they went to the upper room. That's when they waited 10, 10 days after they were, had, the, had the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of God, then they went up and waited for 10 days in the upper room, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them in power. They had, they had it within them and upon them. There's peace in knowing. We are walking and knowing and living in the Holy Spirit. John 14, 27, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. See, it's supernatural peace. Not as the world gives. You can go around all day, peace. Peace, brother, peace. Peace. You can have the peace sign hanging off your neck. You can smoke a joint and listen to Led Zeppelin. Oh, just chill out. It's all good, brother. Yeah, it's peace. That's the world's peace. That's a perverted peace. That's why it's a broken cross turned upside down. Mm, you know that? Peace symbol, upside down, broken cross. Don't pick my tattoo, Pastor. <laughs> I've got a peace sign on my arm. I'm not talking about that. just need to know. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Okay? But the world will tell you this is how you get peace. Let's legalize marijuana and we'll have peace. We won't have so much corruption anymore. The world's always trying, the government's always trying to figure out how to have more peace. Let's, let's do this, this embargo, that embargo. Listen, that's the world's peace. God's peace is different. God's peace is here. God's peace says in the midst of all the trouble, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of a, a, a corrupt government or in the midst of chaos, in the midst of all that, you still have the peace that passes understanding, supernatural peace that the world does not understand, but the world wants it. The world needs to see real, true peace in the believers. Not worry, not fear, not chaos, not... What's going to happen? Woo! I don't, I don't, you know, panic? No. The world needs to see Christians walk through situations that they would normally throw their hands up in and, and, and just start cussing. They need to see Christians walking through situations in peace. That's what's going to affect the world. Supernatural peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said this. I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. There's peace in knowing that we have supernatural peace. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have what? Tribulation. What's another word for tribulation? Huh? Troubles, trials. Any other one? Problems, hardships, pain, stress. Fill in the blank there. In this world, anybody ever experienced any of those? <laughs> yeah, we've all experienced those. 
The B of what? What? Say what? In the midst of tribulation? Seriously? Oh, I guess Jesus was just kidding with him. I think he was just joking around with him. Hey, hey, every, when everything's at the worst, just cheer up. Don't you know they were looking at him like, what? Are you serious? Because honestly, most, well, I'm not going to say most Christians. A lot of Christians, when tribulations come, you don't ever see them smile anymore. You don't see them cheered up. Right? You see the grumpy face. The agonized face. I wish I could make all those expressions like that little kid on Home Alone. You know? The distressed face. He says, but be of good cheer. But then he tells them why you can be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So God, that tells me right there that we are supposed to walk in peace when there's chaos. That we can be of good cheer when troubles are all around us. When our finances are not what we would like them to be. When our marriage isn't where it's supposed to be. That we can say, God, I want you in the midst of this. I want to see you in the midst of this. I want to, cre- I want, I want to magnify you in the midst of this more than I magnify the problem. That seemed to really touch a nerve with a lot of people. They got, I think they got help last week. I think some people got help last week. Because we've always been the kind of, we, we will magnify the problem instead of magnifying Jesus. who squashes the problem. Verse 29 of John 14, then we'll close. Maybe. You see, Jesus is speaking again prophetically in these verses. He said, it's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen, but you're going to be able to have peace even when you see it happen. See, that's, that's what I'd like to speak over to you this morning. There are things that are going to happen. Life's going to happen. Be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. Get a hold of these verses. Get a, grab hold of these truths. And now I have told you before it comes. See? That when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, that's Satan, and he has nothing in me. Hallelujah. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. The last thing I want to tell you this morning is that the world needs to see how much we love the Father, how much we love the Son, and how much we love the Holy Spirit. The world needs to see that in the midst of every chaotic thing in our lives, they're going to know that we're Christians because of our love, because of our grace to walk through situations. John thirteen thirty five says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now I want to take this last six words. And I want to apply it in a different way. Because Jesus came to the end of this teaching. And he says, arise, let us go from here. That's what I want to see in this church, body. I want to see us arise and go from here. Knowing that we have the peace of God. The supernatural peace. The step out into the world and make a difference. Do you all receive that this morning? Because God wants us to be people. He he actually says that we're to be peacemakers. 
He is the Prince of Peace. So this morning, would you stand? Need the, the ministry team to the front. I've really sensed, and I don't always sense this, and it doesn't always happen the way I, I plan it to happen. I like that song earlier. <laughs> you know, when you mess up on a song, you get it in the wrong key or something, God's always reminding you, hey, keep, keep your humility. He really does. That's, that's, one, that's just a reminder that he's not that, he's not that concerned when we sing the, the song in the wrong key or we start it out wrong. So don't get, don't get upset over that, Harold. It's not a big deal. I believe in my heart this morning there are people in this place that you don't have peace. Number one, because you don't know Jesus. And without knowing Jesus, you cannot have his peace. And you have been living a life of fear and panic and worry, doubt. And you're ready today to let all that go and meet the Prince of Peace. Just bow your heads. Everybody just bow your heads, close your eyes. If, if that's you this morning, you don't have the peace because you really don't know your destination. It's not settled. But today you know the way to get there. If that's you this morning, you just slip your hand up real quick. If that's you, just slip your hand up real quick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If that's you this morning, I'm, not, I'm talking about you don't really know. There's just an uneasiness in your heart. If you were to die today, you'd say, Pastor, I don't know where I would spend eternity. But, but you want to know. And you found out this morning it's through believing, trusting, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, and making him Lord of your life. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you, if you raise your hand this morning, if you would just step out and come to one of these ministers at the front. Just step out and come. Don't wait. Don't let the enemy rob another minute of your life. Don't let him rob another moment of your life. Step out and come. Well, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that you can give, give those people the courage to step out and come. That today would be the day of salvation for them. Today would be the day they step in from death to life, from the darkness of the world to the light of Christ. Just ask you to step out and come. We'll pray with you. We want... There's no condemnation. There's just going to be love up here that you'll come and step into it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. There's one. Is there another?